We all know the story about the Lutz family and how they moved into 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York, almost one year after the DeFeo family was murdered there. George and Kathy Lutz made headlines around the world after only staying in the house for 28 days and claiming to have been forced out by a demonic presence. This is not the story I'm going to tell you. Instead, I'm going to tell you the story behind the headlines and the history. The DeFeos were a family of seven who lived in the upscale village of Amityville, located on the south shore of Long Island. Ronald DeFeo Sr. and his wife Louise moved their growing family from their small Brooklyn apartment out to a three-story Dutch colonial home located at 112 Ocean Avenue. The family was finally able to spread out and had high hopes for what the future would bring. Ronald Sr. was a very strict and devout Catholic who believed in running his house and his family by his rules, no matter what the price was. He was particularly strict on his son, Ronnie, who he had physically and mentally abused from a very early age. However, Ronnie was still a very spoiled child and young adult, and as he got older, developed a drug habit. Altercations between Big Ronnie and Butch became increasingly more violent, and Big Ronnie's wrath soon spilled over to the younger children and his wife. At around 6.30 p.m. on the evening of November 13, 1974, Ronnie ran into Henry's Bar located on the corner of Merrick Road and Ocean Avenue, shouting that someone had killed his parents. John Altieri, Bobby Kelsky, Al Saxton, Billy Scordamaglia, and Joe Yeswit all got into the car with Ronnie as they raced down Ocean Avenue from the bar. Their car came to a screeching halt in front of the DeFeo home, and the group made their way inside and discovered the bodies of Ronald Sr. and Louise, who had been murdered in their beds. Joe Yeswit makes a call to Suffolk County Police Department, but is told that since he was calling from within the village of Amityville, he would have to notify Amityville Police Department. At the same time, the other guys have taken Ronnie outside and try to calm him down, since he's now hysterical. Officer Gurguski was the first officer on scene to respond from Amityville Police Department, and the cold November night was quiet as the sound of Officer Gurguski's siren broke through the neighborhood. He gets out of his car and approaches the scene, not fully aware of the horror that awaited him inside. Officer Gurguski makes his way slowly up the stairs as the smell of death becomes more and more apparent as he gets closer to the second floor landing. There, he discovers Mr. and Mrs. DeFeo in their bedroom, as well as 9-year-old John and 12-year-old Mark. He runs back downstairs and calls it into Suffolk County Police Department. And while doing this, Ronnie and the other guys come back into the house, and Ronnie advises Officer Gusky that he also has two sisters. Once again, he makes his way back up the stairs and finds another bedroom where 13-year-old Allison was laying in her bed, who had been shot in the head. He notices a stairway leading up to the third floor and discovers the body of 18-year-old Dawn, who had also been shot in the head. Suffolk County Homicide Detectives moves everyone next door to Rufus and Diana Ireland's house as they begin to question Ronnie about what he knows. Ronnie tells them about Mafia Connections and the possibility of a contract hit. The Mafia connection is a factual statement as Big Ronnie and his maternal grandfather Michael Brigante Sr. 
Both had deep mafia connections with the Genovese crime family. However, this story falls apart very quickly, and Ronnie is taken to Suffolk County Police Department's homicide offices for protection after hearing him talk about a contract hit. After discovering a rifle box in his closet, and after the detectives find a bullet matching the ones used in the murder, Ronnie is officially designated as a suspect, and he is taken into custody. After a very long interrogation, Ronnie finally admits that on the night of the murders, he took his rifle and went room to room, killing each member of his family. He admitted once it started, it went so fast, I couldn't stop. The strange part about this case is the fact that all six victims were lying face down in their beds and showed no evidence of any of them waking up. While Ronnie used a 35 caliber lever action Marlin 336C rifle to commit the murders, none of the neighbors heard anything. This is the story they want everyone to believe. However, Louise was not found on her stomach and had apparently pulled her blankets up over her head. This is suggestive that she had awakened after hearing the gunshots that killed her husband. Mrs. Ireland, who lived next door, later reported that she had been awake around the time of the murders took place and did indeed hear gunshots but admitted she thought it was duck hunters. A childhood friend of the DeVeo children, who lived a few houses up the street, claimed to have heard the DeVeo dog barking between 3 a.m. and 3.15 a.m. DeFeo's trial began on October 14, 1975. He and his defense lawyer, William Weber, mounted an affirmative defense of insanity, with DeFeo claiming that he killed his family in self-defense because he heard their voices plotting against him. The insanity plea was supported by the psychiatrist for the defense, Daniel Schwartz. The psychiatrist for the prosecution, Dr. Harold Zolan, maintained that although DeFeo was a user of heroin and LSD, he had antisocial personality disorder and was aware of his actions at the time of the crime. Over the years, Ronnie has changed his story so many times, even going as far as to say Dawn played a role in the murders. Ronnie claimed that he only wanted to kill the parents and that after he had killed them, he left the house. When he returned, he saw that Dawn had killed the three younger kids and then she tried to kill him. A struggle ensued and Ronnie eventually got the gun away from her and that is when he shot her. There was evidence of unburned gunpowder residue on Dawn's nightgown. However, this doesn't mean that she fired a weapon that night, and the close range at which she, she was shot would explain how the residue got there. After the murders, Ronnie cleaned up the rifle shells and put them in a pillowcase along with the gun. He took a shower and then made his way out to Brooklyn where he disposed of the evidence in a storm drain. After that, he went on to work at Brigante Carl Buick, which was owned by his grandfather, Michael Brigante Sr. Ronnie acted completely normal throughout the day. However, he did make it a point to call home, establishing an alibi and showing he could not get anyone to answer the phone. He saw his friend Bobby Kelsky after leaving work and once again set another stone in the foundation of his alibi saying he couldn't get anyone to answer the phone at home. After spending time with his girlfriend and getting high, he goes to Henry's bar and spends a while there drinking and telling everyone that would listen about how he can't get in touch with anyone at home. He finally decides to go see what is wrong, and only minutes later returns to the bar, where he tells everyone that his parents are dead. So why would Ronnie murder his entire family? Some claim he did it over money so he could support his drug habit. 
Ronnie was involved in a carjacking plot to steal money from Brigante Carl Buick just weeks before the murders happened. Some claim that Ronnie committed the murders because of the abuse that was going on. However, after the Lutz family moved into the house, the claim that Ronnie was possessed by a demonic entity was created. There's no real evidence of this, nor is there any real evidence of the house ever being haunted. We have to go only on the word of the Lutz family, and of course, this all makes for a very scary story to tell, and an entertaining one at that. But let's not forget the real story of what happened so many years ago on that cold November night. Ronnie was evaluated by a psychiatrist who deemed him sane enough to stand trial. His defense attorney tried to claim not guilty by reason of insanity, adding in that Ronnie was possessed by a demon the night of the murders. Ronnie's attorney also worked closely with George and Kathy Lutz during the trial to come up with the haunting story at 112 Ocean Avenue in hopes that it would get a good motion going for an appeal for Ronnie. Ronald Butch DeFeo was found guilty of six counts of second-degree murder, and Judge Thomas Stark sentenced him to six life terms. He died on March 12, 2021 at the Albany Medical Center while still in custody. Will we ever really know what went on inside of 112 Ocean Avenue the night the DeFeos were murdered? Or will all we have to go by is what we've learned from the headlines and the history. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the show so far, please go subscribe and leave a review because it will help me out so much. Also, don't forget to tune in every week as I bring you another story that takes you behind the headlines and the history.